Hey, hey, Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN, and it is feisty today on the show. Feisty on purgatory, feisty in the break. People are fired up about what the hell is happening with the Dodgers. And I'll say this, LZ. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a coincidence that Dodger expert Greg Bergman was live tweeting the games and we find ourselves in a 3-1 hole? Well, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and say it's a cause and effect thing, but it's a strange coincidence there, George. <laughs> it's a strange coincidence. I don't think he was live tweeting in 88 or 81. Yeah, uh, Dodger expert Greg Bergman, uh, how do you feel about this coincidence? Well, I wasn't alive in 81, so I definitely wasn't live tweeting then. Uh, 88? Uh, there was a chance, but there, no, there was I no mean, Twitter, right? There, there was yeah. no Twitter. You could have live MySpace or something. Days. Yeah, there was no three MySpace years. In 1988. <laughs> we had like ColecoVision in 1988 or Atari 2600. <laughs> yeah, AOL wasn't even there yet. Yeah. Well, AOL. Still... Good lord, I was already like in college when AOL started. <laughs> AOL. Let's. I say we just get right to it, guys. We get right to it. Yeah. And and we and we don't hesitate whatsoever. Go. Sedano. Yeah. Number one person entity to blame for this catastrophe. Okay. Uh, so I have defended Clayton Kershaw a ton, okay, over the years on this station. So much so that people get really angry when I do that. Um, however, I do think that there is something small that I can point to, maybe not that small actually, about Clayton Kershaw's performance yesterday. And I didn't think of it until Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, and Frank Thomas talked about it on the Fox broadcast in the postgame. Steve, I know that Jorge left the sound there uh, uh, of A-Rod and those guys. So if you have that, basically what A-Rod was saying, LZ, Mm -hmm. was that Kershaw was too predictable. Here's what A-Rod had to say. One of the things, I'm going to bring you inside the dugout on how Poppy mm-hmm. and Big Hurt and I would talk if we were facing a guy like, like Kershaw. Number one, I remember 95, 3-2 pitch when the Yankees played the Mariners. 150 pitches for David Cohn, 3-2 split to Doug Strange and walked them. We will say he'll never give in. If we're talking, Poppy, you and I, we're going to say, okay, give me two scouting reports on Kershaw. And we'll say, okay, make sure nobody's listening. All right, fellas, here's the thing. Back off of the plate. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw in cheat in and every time he'll throw it there and then number two if you get to a three two count you can swing he'll never walk you he does not want to walk you right that's very comforting you just get in swing mode three two pitch is the pitch that hitters chase the most if you have a a guy that's not willing to walk you it's just comfortable you just start your swing and like that three two curve out osuna if he bounces it as a strikeout because Osuna wants to swing. Right. And so, coming in tonight, 19 strikeouts, one walk, to your point. You can't let your ego stubborn, stubborn. Exactly. You've you got to be able to play poker. So, you know, LZ, and that was great audio courtesy of Fox Sports from Alex Rodriguez breaking down Clayton Kershaw. And I, when I went back and watched some of the game, he's mm-hmm. absolutely right. And, what, and look, we, a lot of people can say a lot of things about Alex Rodriguez. Knowing how to hit is certainly one of them, okay? Like, there's, yes. no, there's no discussion about exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so – here's what else I would add to that, okay, is Keyshawn used to always say, when you and I and Key used to do the morning show together years ago, and we talked about Kershaw in these situations where literally the phrase, it's just baseball, was born on this station. Um, Key used to compare him a little bit to Peyton Manning, almost trying to be too perfect, right, from the way he warms up to the way he gets out on the mound and his, you know, all his little mannerisms and this, that, and the other. And, you know, he, he made the comment back then about how Peyton Manning would try to put the ball in the perfect spot 
and that the Patriots, for example, always knew what he was going to do because he was always trying to be a perfectionist, that he became somewhat predictable. And I think that Kershaw suffers from some of that. And, and again, now we're in a situation where Kershaw is dealing with more back stuff, where Kershaw's velocity is not where it once was many years ago. And I think all of that is coming to roost now. Yeah, I, well, Kershaw pitched well for five innings. He wasn't great. He wasn't lights out. He certainly struggled at times. A lot of pitches for five innings. But he got out of five innings without having to, you know, give up any runs, right? So while I agree with their assessment about Kershaw and where he is at this stage and if in his, you know, career, I don't believe last night was the time to have that particular conversation because there were so many other factors to the loss besides him giving up three runs in the six. You know, my number one issue is they got one hitted by a rookie who has started 15 games in his career. Like that to me sure. was it, it's way more, way more than Kershaw being predictable in the sixth inning. Right. But <laughs> like, he, but Alex was referring to also the, the, the run that scored in the fourth inning in that cut. Like he wasn't just referring to the sixth inning. No, I, I recognize that, you know, he was talking about Kershaw in his entirety and his performance. Right. But I'm talking about the wins and the loss of yesterday. Mm-hmm. And when I think about why they lost, you know, there's never one play, there's never one player, but collectively as a unit, the bats are to blame, man. You can't go out against a rookie who's not heralded at all, by the way. This is completely an unheralded rookie. Oh, listen, we gave the stat yesterday, remember? Yes. Uh, 28 base runners <laughs> in 15 and two-thirds innings. They went out and got one hit it. One hit. And that was real, so it wasn't even one of our bona fide stars. Right. So when I think about the factors that led to yesterday's defeat, an inability to just hit the ball is something that has haunted this particular makeup of this team for as long as you and I have been on radio in L.A. And while it is true, Kershaw has certainly has had his moments, um, not being able to get guys across the plate with runners in scoring position is a curse that just continues to haunt this team, and we saw it again last night. Even our new acquisition, Mookie Betts, just struggling just to hit a rookie who's dying to give up the yams. He wants you to hit him. <laughs> like, what happened? Uh, Mookie Betts is 2 of 14 in this series. Cody Bellinger is 3 of 16. A.J. Pollock is 2 of 10. Chris Taylor is 1 of 11. Will Smith is 2 of 16. Those guys are a combined 10 of 67, batting 149. And we're supposed to do what? Talk about Dave Roberts left the man too long? Come on, yeah, man. No, I, I get it. <laughs> Come but, on. But, but I think that the bats have, have surged in a very small area of this series, okay? The first 15 innings of this series, the Dodgers scored one run. The next six innings, they scored 22 runs. And the last 15, they've scored two runs. So the bats have not been consistent. So I do think the pitching part of it does matter. In a situation where one inning or one pitch, uh, one at bat in the postseason can change a lot. (sighs) And I have hit a defender of Clayton Kershaw. But I, I do feel like that analysis that those three guys had in the postgame really stuck with me uh, about his predictability. 
And and now, you know, we can turn it over before we have to break here to Dodger expert Greg Bergman, LZ, because I'd love to hear what Dodger, uh, you know, expert Greg Bergman thinks about yesterday. I'm I'm completely with LZ that this is on this is on the hitters. This is on the offense. So you guys are not going to listen to three Hall of Fame players. And no, 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 no. Okay. We're putting what they said into proper context with everything else, George. I'm listening Correct. and I agree with it. But in terms of who's number one to blame, I'm not going with Kershaw. No, and it's also and Bryce Wilson last night did exactly what any pitcher should do after watching what happened to the Braves in the in the in the in game three when they gave up all those eleven runs in the first inning. What was difference between game three and game two is all of a sudden the Dodgers bats started to get more get more aggressive and they weren't being as patient as they were so what did Bryce Wilson do he started pitching to the corners and he pitched to the edges and he wasn't just giving them anything to hit over the middle and they were being aggressive and swinging at the wrong pitches they were no longer being the patient team they were sticking with the aggression that got them pressing. Those 11 runs they're pressing exactly and Bryce Wilson pitched perfectly around that it was on Bryce Wilson to have a great game and he did just that I give it all up to him it was on the hitters to not adjust to the pitcher it was the instead of the pitcher adjusting to the hitters. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's all of that. And, of course, my favorite phrase, it's just baseball. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the phones. we got to talk to Mac, Mark Anthony K of the LAFC. We're going to do a couple minutes with him, and then we're going to open up the floodgates on the phones. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Where are you placing the blame in the blame game today? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. So we'll take your calls. We'll talk to Mac. And in the same segment, we're going to go to you guys. We're back in two and a half minutes. All right, so people here are not happy, deservedly so and understandably so, about the Dodgers situation down 3-1. We will take you up to Dodger baseball at 6 o'clock today. Good news is, and we'll take your calls here in just a moment, in a few minutes, at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, and you can play the blame game. Uh, we're going to talk about a team that just won recently, a big win against the Seattle Sounders, our boy Mac, uh, Mark Anthony K of the LAFC. Mac, before I even get into soccer with you, LZ and I were talking about this yesterday and before the show today. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on the internet, but there was a, uh, a, a viral picture that went around yesterday about a couple in Santa Barbara that was, uh, there was, there were, the gentleman was proposing to the lady, uh, to the young lady, uh-huh. and there was, they were taking a yeah. photo, and in the background, it's Dwayne Wade walking the beach, and him going, oh, yeah. and then he ended up coming, they invited him in, they wanted to take pictures with him, so if you, Mac, could pick one athlete of your choosing, that is, uh, that was, you know, someone you loved growing up, or someone you idolized or admired in any sport, to be in your wedding photos randomly. Who would that person be? It's a good question. Um, That's all we do here is ask good questions, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'd have to say. Probably Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, that's a good Ooh. one. That's a good one. But he may look. I mean, are you? Would you be upset if he had like his abs sticking out? Like, I mean, I'm not saying you're I, not in great I shape. I would be upset. But th- but those, yeah, you're not. You wouldn't be. Uh, but you know, I would, would be like, yo, he's trying to show better. me up. You know what I mean? It would make the it make the photo even better. If I'm proposing, I definitely have a shirt on. So <laughs> he could be the one guy with the shirt off. Now, would he care if he had the Rona or not? Because right now he's got the Rona. Yeah, non Rona Ronaldo. He's, distant. he's a Superman, so I'm sure he'll get over it very soon. 
Yeah, not not Rona Ronaldo uh, is what uh, yeah. Mac would want there. Uh, all right, so big win. You guys shorthanded. You got guys on inter- in international play. Congratulations. What what led to the big victory? What what was the mindset in that one? Yeah, you know, I think uh, guys were excited to have another opportunity to play the Seattle Sounders. They've been the best team, you know, in the Western Conference for a long time now um, this season. So. You know, we knew it was a big challenge, and um, we had a good, really good week of preparation leading up to that game. Obviously, our game against Colorado had gotten postponed midweek, so it allowed us to have more training time together, no travel in between games. And, uh, yeah, the guys came out and they were swinging. Obviously, you know, we dropped two guys in the first 10 minutes due to injury, myself as one of them. But, uh you know, we, uh, some big players stepped up in good ways, and I was glad that we were able to show that we can still compete and win games against the top teams. I'm glad you brought up the the injuries, not because they occurred, but because I wanted to know, you know, where you and the other guys are now health-wise, you know, going forward. You have made a nice little push. You've moved up in the, in the rankings, in the standings, but where are you in terms of your health now? Yeah, so for me, um, it, it's, it's hard to put a time um, frame on it. Uh, I'm walking fine now. The the next thing is really getting all the swelling out of my ankle so that I can start to jog. Um, did a little bit of uh, work on the field today with one of the trainers uh, just to try and get my mobility back. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping it's, it's closer to the three to four week mark. Uh, you know, I've had an ankle injury before and we came back way earlier than doctors said and much stronger. So we're pretty confident with this one. And then other players, I think they'll be back within, you know, two or three weeks. So we will have a full team um, sooner than later. So it, I know you're from Canada. In America, LZ and I would be told, just put some tussin on it and it would work itself out. Is there an equivalent in Canada to that? No, no, I, I don't think so, actually. I, I oh. try to think of it. Oh, really? You guys don't, like, just spit on it or something like that? Like that? <laughs> Put some dirt on it, you know what I mean? Like, do we have, like, you know, like, I don't know, just something. We got to do something to get you out there, Mac. You got bears, yeah. you got the Colorado Rockies and stuff. Like, you guys are mountain people. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I came from a city that's just like L.A., so I don't know about no Rockies and stuff. <laughs> 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 uh, uh. So tell us about this youngster, though. Uh, I, I, I want to pronounce his name, his last name correctly. Danny Musovsky? Yeah, Danny Musovsky, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing well. Um, you know, came into the year, he had, he had been injured for a little bit, but he's been working really hard to get his opportunities. And he's a guy that when he's in front of the goal, he's a threat. And, um, you know, those are very rare and talented uh, striker, so I'm glad that he's getting his moments and he's uh, hitting the back of the net, so we're excited for him. Um, obviously, speaking of excitement, uh, we're all still excited over the Lakers and what they were able to accomplish. LeBron James is back out there uh, using his platform to try to get people to vote, and LAFC yeah. has joined him. Can you talk a little bit about the partnership with More Than a Vote as well as a local organization? No, I think that's huge. You know, I think from day one, LAFC has wanted to be part of the community and be a force for good. So um, this partnership is just one of the the small reminders of why LAFC wanted to be um, within the community of LA. And um, I'm excited that they're doing this. Um, I had a talk yesterday with Max Bredos about, about this too. It's just important to have, you know, the we, we have a lot of influence. 
right? And I think if we use it in the right way, then we can create real change, and this partnership does that. Well, make sure you say hello to Max for us. You get better, okay? Don't forget LAFC's next match uh, this Sunday, of course, right here on this very station against the Portland Timbers. Uh, so get better, man. Get better soon. Hopefully it's not three or four weeks. Hopefully it's just, you know, like a week or so. We can get you back on, on the yeah. field as quickly as possible. <laughs> We're hoping. We're hoping and praying. Thank you. Yeah, put some Windex on it. That's what yeah, they do did. Yeah, do something. My- yeah, get, yeah. You work on something. You know, I mean, listen, I, wanna, I want you to know I'm Cuban. Um, you know, we've got some, you know, some of my people, we, we yes. do the voodoo stuff. We can figure that stuff out for you if okay. you want. Okay, I'll be in contact then. Okay, fair enough, fair you enough. Be there careful. You, did you see Angel Heart? <laughs> <laughs> He's too young. He's never seen that movie before. Uh, Mark Anthony K of the LAFC. Thank you, Mac. Be good, buddy. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, take hey, care. There he is. Yeah, Angel Heart. Good Lord, you're dating us. I'm just, you know, you got to go with the classics and sometimes you got to go with the current stuff, George. You got to keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to take calls. People want to play the blame game. What is your blame game when it comes to the Dodgers on where they're at 3-1? to one? And also, so you can call us at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Alex Wood said something that's going to infuriate you as a Dodger fan. Like, I am telling you, you're going to want to hear this. It is going to set you ablaze, I'm telling you. And not ablaze in a good way, like, you know, like in the medical and recreational way. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. All right, people are hot. They're fired up about the Dodgers. We're taking you up to Dodger baseball at 6 o'clock, so keep it locked here. All right, we promised you this Alex Wood cut. If you weren't already mad, this will make you more mad, okay? LZ, are you ready for this? I'm ready, brother. All right, so Alex Wood was pitched two and uh, two-thirds innings in this series, okay? Okay. Was asked by reporters uh, about what's transpiring. It says, speaking with reporters last night, Alex Wood talked about finding motivation in the postseason. The Dodgers reliever had some interesting thoughts on why it's been so hard for Los Angeles to find energy when down in games. In his mind, it sounds like winning has almost become boring for the team. Here is the direct quote. Alex Wood, quote, I think one of the hard things for this team and this organization is you get so used to winning the division every year. You make a deep run in the postseason a lot of years. You have a lot of guys that have a lot of experience in these types of games. And so that's great, but it's also but also it can become you can start feeling stagnant a little bit, at least speaking for myself. Passion-wise, or that ability to get up for a big series in a big game when things like this have become almost expected and normal. And let me ask you a question, Pastor Granderson. Mm-hmm. What the hell is Alex Wood and this Dodgers team actually won that they're bored of winning? Division titles, my friend. I mean, Division that is, titles. I can't uh, – listen, there's no way anybody in the Dodger organization sees that quote today – because I know the fans have to hear that and have to be losing their minds right now. But there's no way someone in the organization doesn't look at that and be like, what are you talking about? Like, why would you say something like that? Well, he might have said it, but we all see it, right? Like, there is something, George, something that's not firing on all cylinders in these moments. And we see it. And maybe Alex Wood shouldn't have said it, 
but I don't necessarily think it's a secret either. Do you think it, do you think he broke news with this very ill-timed quote? <laughs> um, you know, I would be a little surprised for look, I could understand if you're the if you're the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, you know what I'm saying, and you you've won three in a row, you lose to the Pistons, right? You're like you you keep thinking, ah, we'll we'll get it to go, we'll get it to go, we can turn it on, right? This is like the Clippers, dog. The Clippers thinking they can flip a switch when they hadn't won anything yet. The Dodgers have had deep postseason runs, yes. But you know, I never heard we were talking about the Atlanta Braves during the purgatory and and that run. I never heard Greg Maddox or John Smoltz or Tom Glavin talk like that. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't say that when you haven't won anything. Like, they haven't won anything. You don't say that when your goal is to be among the best. You don't say that, and you certainly don't feel that way when your goal is to be a legend, to be considered one of the greatest in your era, if not the greatest of all time. You know, we talk a lot about basketball um, because you and I are NBA guys and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And everything that happens in the NBA certainly doesn't translate to baseball for a right. lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But there is one thing that I think is consistent, which is there needs to be somebody in that locker room, in that clubhouse, reminding you constantly of what you're playing for. Correct. Constantly. Yeah. For LeBron it was about championship because he took ownership in saying, if I'm on a team, this team needs to be playing for a championship all the time. And everyone follows suit or you get traded or you get waived or whatever, or he leaves. Right. I mean, that's just the way right. it is. There's the options for there, you. Those yeah. are the options. Yeah. With the Dodgers, who in the clubhouse is saying, yo, this is a must-win game for us? Who's sending that group text? Oh, I'll get to a group text. I got a group text story for you. Apparently, Justin Turner has a group text story, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but we got to get to the calls. We have people who have been holding patiently for 20-plus minutes. We'll get to them at 877-710-ESPN. Before we do that, I'm just going to tell you. I'm not going to break. I'm just warning you. I just got to do this read here. If your vehicle's due for service, head to your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. For over 30 years, they've provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room. At Valvoline, you stay in your car nice and safe while the expert technicians make sure your ride's in peak performance, whether it's oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, or more. Pull up, drive in, and drive out in less than 15 minutes. Visit their website, SoCalOilChange.com, for locations and game-winning coupons. All right, let's go to the phones, LZ. Because right. I want to get to that Justin Turner text story. Because there is a text. A group Uh-oh. text. And we'll right. get to that. But first, let me go to Joseph in L.A. who's been waiting patiently. Joseph, how are you? How are you, gentlemen, doing? What's good. up, brother? Good, good. Hey, so uh, the blame game here, It's. Uh, it, it, I don't think it comes down to a matter of blaming one specific person. Uh, well, let me start off with I really feel bad for Kershaw. Uh, I do, too. Again, the whole... Yeah. He seems to be getting the entire blame of this. I don't know why. I could see why past postseason appearances he has. We can we can all agree he's blown it. Um, but I think he had a great outing his last uh, his last start. I, I don't see how it falls back on him. I don't see how it falls back on Roberts. I could see how it falls back on the hitting, especially only putting up three hits in nine innings worth of play. It's I think they got the curse, man. That Red Sox, Babe Ruth, Uh-oh. curse. I, I think they can't what would the curse be, though? Uh, that's it's the curse. 
Kershaw. I, I don't know, man. Oh, oh. oh, you're just guessing. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, I, I, well, I don't know. I, yeah, I just it, think listen, curse, man. I, I get it. It, it. it does have to feel that way, but I appreciate the call, Joseph. But look, I, I think that everyone needs to take a breath, okay? Just take a breath. Just relax. Series not over yet. Nope, you can win not. today right here on this station. You can listen to it, and things may turn out okay. Let, let's go to Eric. I know, I, know who the, I know who the curse is. Oh, go ahead before I go to Eric. It's Frank McCourt. He still owns some of the – he owns – he gets money from the parking lots. As long as his name – as the long McCourt as Frank curse. McCourt is a part of this organization in any way, that's what it is. So, how, what, are you going to buy him out of the parking lot? I mean, that's Yeah, be get tough. him out of there. Get him out of there. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, though. He hasn't owned the Lakers parking – or the, the Dodgers parking lot since 88. No, but he gets money. He gets a yearly yeah, stipend. Yeah, but LZ's point, this has to be something that goes deeper than that. You know what I mean? Like, because, yeah, it's been since 88. Yeah. I mean, you just don't like McCourt, which I understand. Maybe it's the curse of Michael Jackson's bad. Did that album come out in 88? (laughs) (laughs) Was that the year of the Pepsi commercial when his hair burned too? No, that was like Thriller. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Bad was the one where it was like we all pretended it was good because it was Mike, but then. But it was bad. But it was, exactly. Yeah. Starting with the theme. And then we changed the way bad meant, what bad meant before him. Right. We did. Bad was good. But he didn't get the memo because, you know, <laughs> he's Michael. He was busy. Let's go to Eric in Sacramento. Eric. How you guys doing, man? Uh, first time uh, calling. I've been listening to you guys for a while. Uh, 1988, by the way, that is the last time the Lakers and Dodgers have won on the same year. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that was a really good year. Um, two, so, uh, two things about uh, the blame game. Number one is the offense. Uh, basically, you know, this team, uh, they like to swing for home runs a lot. If you notice, a lot of their hits have been almost out of the park, but it hasn't happened. So they need to adjust, just to tweak their offense, maybe just be more contact uh, hitters. And and the second thing is, I just wanted to point out about Alex Wood, uh, I don't know if he sticks to a, a lot of the guys, but it is disappointing. You know, these guys, they need to be motivated because they're in the playoffs. And also, I think it starts off with Dave, uh, Dave Roberts. I think he needs to light up a fire under these guys because what LZ was saying earlier they need more dog in the clubhouse, and I think that starts off with the, with the manager. Well, thanks for the call, Eric, and stay safe up there in Sacramento, and thanks for listening online. Um, here's the thing, though. Like, LZ, you, you can't ask Dave to be something he's not. You know what right. I mean? Like, no, I, you're I right. Think- I think that's the problem is that he's a good dude. He has a way of reaching these guys, and it's not necessarily cursing them out, you know? No, and, and you don't necessarily need to curse them out, but there needs to be, I think, a healthy fear. Like a healthy fear. Hmm. And, you know, if it doesn't come from the manager, it needs to come from someone. Yeah, kind of like when Mama Granderson used to give you the eye back in the day. Why are you using past tense? I'm just – oh, still, yeah, that I'm is. Still? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Let me go to Jake. Don't get it twisted, dog. <laughs> Jake in Northridge. Jake, what's up? Jake. I got 65% for Friedman. 35, okay. 35% uh, 65% for Friedman and Roberts, who actually I think are in unison. 35% on the bats not doing their job, which leaves me at 0% for Kershaw. Okay. And that Alex Wood quote, it tells me the Dodgers have too much of a buddy-buddy relationship with their manager. And they're also too content with being an almost team. I mean, like a while back when they got their NLCS rings against the Giants, who won a bunch of World Series, like, what's that all about? And I get Roberts isn't always setting the lineups. Like, this is an analytics team. Um, and they do get their wins in the regular season because of that. But there is a certain point where you have to understand that big-time playoff games require more than just being on autopilot. 
I mean, Rios isn't in the lineup today, and that guy, I guess, you know, you want to have the right righty-lefty matchups and all that, but that guy's been killing it. And if there's a team, though, that is built to erase a 3-1 lead, it's these Dodgers. But if there's a team that's built to finish the job with actual dogs, like you guys were talking about, it's Atlanta. So as a Dodger fan, I do have belief. But if the past eight years have taught me anything, it's that high expectations are pointless. And if they can't get it done, let's get Chase Utley to the Dodgers to manage this team. 877, thanks, Jake, for the call. Jake in Northridge drops off, 877-710-ESPN. If you want to hop aboard, 877-710-3776. We'll do more of the blame game. We'll talk some Rams next hour as well, plus this Justin Turner text with this group text with the team. We've got a lot of stuff, okay, for you. And if you missed the Alex Wood quote, we'll have that for you again as well. We're back in three minutes.